It is good to be in church on Sunday morning. You guys learn quick. That's a blessing. Amen. You weren't going to fall into that same trap, were you? Thank you for being here. I trust you'll be here tonight as well. <clears throat> and uh, and uh, we have a bunch of stuff to sing for you tonight that is just, it's, it's going to be exciting. So you come. <laughs> I didn't say it'd be good. I said it'd be exciting. So you come. And, uh, and really, my voice is getting better by the by the moment here, and uh, I, was, I was thrilled to death. I made it all the way through the second verse of that song. I was very excited. And, uh, and so tonight, oh, we got some stuff we're going to try, and we'll just see how far we can go, amen? And, uh, and we'll just have a wonderful time. We are working on some new things that are really old things that uh, we put the whole family in, and we have had so much fun doing it. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. We really have enjoyed it. And so you come tonight, and, and you just never know what might happen. Yeah, come, bring your little video phone, you know, because it'll be one for the record books, I promise you. And uh, <laughs> I'll probably offer to buy the film from you later. So take your Bible, if you wouldn't, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. And when you find that, would you stand with me as we read the Word of God? As I said in Sunday school, we always... We always look forward to coming here. We enjoy coming here. And uh, we just, we consider you folks to be family. And uh, we, we just enjoy the time. Here in 1 Samuel chapter 16, I want you to look, if you would, at verse 17. It says, And Saul said unto his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. And then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning and playing and a mighty valiant man, and a man of war, and prudent in matters, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for us, for the mercy that you show us each and every day. Lord, thank you uh, just as we stop and think about who you are and who we are, and the fact that you should not even notice us, let alone love us. It's an amazing thing. God, today as we look into your word, I pray if there's somebody here who doesn't know Christ as Savior, that they wouldn't leave that way, but that today might be the day of salvation. For each and every saved person, Lord, we ask that you'd work in our hearts, and we'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now here in 1 Samuel chapter 16, uh, Samuel, or Saul, Saul the king, is having difficulty and and he's plagued by an evil spirit, and, and he's, trying to, he's trying to make his life more, uh, more enjoyable and more relaxed. And, and he said, what I really need is somebody that can come and they can play music, and, and that'll soothe me, and that'll calm me, and that'll be nice, and, and I'll feel good. And, and he said, go find me somebody. Just go find me a man that can play well and, and bring him in here and we'll have him sit over there in the corner with his harp and we'll have him play. And one of the servants said, I know a guy. I know a guy like that. And, and he does play well. He's very talented. He plays well. His name is, he's the son of Jesse the Bethlehemite. We know his name is David. And he said, not only can he play well, but he's a valiant man and a man of war and prudent in matters and a comely person and not only that, the Lord is with him. And Saul said, go get him. I, that's the guy I want. 
and they sent the and they sent somebody in the next verse to find him, find David, and then Jesse said, Well, he's he's out with the sheep. And there he was, out with the sheep. Now, you look at David and you you wonder how he became proficient at playing the harp. Well, because he was sitting with the sheep all day, every day. He had nothing better to do than sit there and and play his harp and practice songs and and learn how to do it, and and he did it well. But not only (coughs) did he play his harp while he was watching the sheep, but there were other things that he did as well. He, He began to learn some character, and he began to develop some things in his life so that when we come to this point, they can say all those things about him. He's a mighty valiant man. He's a man of war. He's all those things. But the one I want to focus on is the last one. They said, not only is he and can he do all of these things, but they said, this guy, David, the Lord is with him. Wouldn't that be a wonderful thing for somebody to say that about you? I mean, if they said, well, you you need to get to know him. He's a good guy. He's a good businessman. He's a good father. He's a good husband. Uh, He's got a a nice life and a nice family. And the Lord is with him. You know, if the only thing they could say is the Lord is with him, that'd still be a wonderful testimony. If they could say, well, I don't know much about him. And, you know, I, I don't know how much money he's got in the bank. And I don't know much about his family, and I don't know much about his career, and I don't know where he lives. But you know, I, I met him, and I talked to him, and I, I think the Lord is with him. I'd, I'd be satisfied with that. How in the world do you get to that place where people look at you and say, well, the Lord is with him? I think it's a wonderful testimony, and it'd be a good thing for people to say about us. <coughs> but what does it really mean? What does it mean when you say, the Lord is with him? Well, in in Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 and 14, the Israelites are getting ready to go into battle, and Joshua goes out to survey the scene, and he sees a massive warrior standing there, this big, tall guy with a sword, and and he's scary looking. And Joshua goes over, and he says, "Uh, whose side are you on? That's an important thing to know when you see a big, scary warrior. Are you on our side or are you you on their side? And he said, in essence, neither one. He said, I'm the captain of the host of the Lord. And the implication is, Joshua, you better get on my side. You see, that's the decision we really have to make. It's not so much will the Lord be with us as will we be with him. And when we're with him, then he's with us. That's what it says over in 2 Chronicles 15, verse number 2. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And so for them to say that David could do all of these things and then, and then end it by saying the Lord is with him, what they were really saying is David has spent time with God, and it shows. When you spend time with God, it shows. When Moses spent time with God and got the Ten Commandments and saw God on the mountain, he came back down and the Bible says his face was shining. And he didn't even know it. His face was shining and he ended up having to cover it with a veil because everybody kept saying, Moses, your face is shining. But he had been with God and it affected him. It affected the way that he looked. It affected the way that he acted. 
when Peter and John were going into the temple, they said, we perceive that these people have been with Jesus. They'd spent some time with Jesus and it affected who and what they were. And if we want people to think that about us, we've got to do the same thing. Turn with me if you would. You're in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Go over to 2 Samuel chapter 22. 2 Samuel chapter 22. And let's look at David's own testimony from this man who they looked at and they said, the Lord is with him. Here's what David had to say about his walk with God and his relationship with God. In 2 Samuel 22, verse number one, it says, And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. David said, I am dependent upon the Lord God for my protection. He is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my deliverer. David was with God and God was with David in the area of protection. Did you know that when you're a born again child of God, God has promised to do the same thing for you. He said he'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. We have that, that same kind of relationship with that same God. He is indeed <coughs> excuse me, our protection. And if God is with us and we are with him, we can depend upon that as well. David was completely dependent upon God and it's borne out in 2 Samuel 22 and also in 1 Samuel 17. When David goes to meet Goliath and they said, you can't, you can't go out there and fight that giant. He's too big, it's too much. This is too hard of an obstacle for you. David said, the same Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear will deliver me from this Philistine. David didn't say in 1 Samuel 17, I was tough enough to, to take on a lion and just rip him apart. And then a bear came after my sheep and I ripped him apart. And if I can do that to a lion and a bear, surely I can do that to this giant standing out there. No, he said, God delivered me from the lion. God delivered me from the bear. And if God can do that, then I can trust him to deliver me from this giant. You see, David had some experience in his walk with God and he had seen God do some things and because of what he had seen God do in the past, he was not worried about the challenge of today. We get worried about the challenge of today because we forget about what God did yesterday. God did great things yesterday. God did great things last year and 10 years ago and 20 years ago and I know they're in the past, but they're reminders of what he can still do. He's still the same God. And if God can deliver from a, a lion and a bear, surely God can deliver from the Philistine. You don't have to worry uh, about protection because our God is the God that gives protection. In Ephesians chapter six, he gives us the armor of God that we have with our loins girt about with truth and the breastplate of righteousness and feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Listen, we have all that we need, not only for our protection, but for advancement for the cause of Christ. Tonight, Lord willing, I, I went back and I always try to, I always try to uh, 
keep track of, of what I preach where, and sometimes I can do that, sometimes I can't do that. But I was, I was looking back on the paper, and I, I believe the first time I was here was probably in 1998 or something like that. That's a long time ago. I shouldn't be that old. But yeah, that's, that's a long time ago. And uh, no wonder, no wonder I look old, amen? We, <clears throat> we sent my mother one of our newest CDs that has a picture of us all in the cover, and that was, it was with the COVID beard and, and all the rest, and, and, and she got it. And, and mom, mom has dementia, and she's in the assisted living, and my sister went there and, to the room, and she called us from mom's room so we could talk to mom and put her on the speakerphone. We're just chatting, and, and, and mom is looking at the CD. I said, Mom, did you get the CD? Oh, yeah, I got the CD. Yeah, here it is. And so my sister is saying, uh, see the people on the cover? You know who that is? And she said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She said, that one's okay. That would have been David. That one's okay. That would have been Hope. That one's okay. That, that was Liz. Better get rid of that old guy. That's me, her youngest child. You got to get rid of that old guy. Oh, well. So that's how it turns out the end, amen. But I was, I was looking back and, and, uh, and looking at what, what I had preached over the years. And I, I'm going to preach something tonight, Lord willing. I'm going to preach something that I preached 20 years ago. Because I, I think it, it's just exactly what God wants us to hear tonight. So if you still remember what the preacher said 20 years ago, pretend it's new. But I would dare say, you don't have a clue, amen? Don't, I know, there's always the guy who comes up afterwards and says, I have your sermon notes from 20 years ago right here. If that's you, leave that Bible home, amen? Leave that Bible home, and, and you come tonight, because I, I want to give you something that I really, I really believe will help you and, and encourage you in the days in which we live. And, and it's been a long time, and a lot of time goes by, and it goes quickly, and yet God guides and protects. I could not tell you over the last 25 years of being on the road all the time, different churches every week, uh, how God has protected us. He does it all the time. Sometimes we see it happen. Many times we don't. We have no idea, but he still does it. We have no idea what happens behind us once we get there, but many times we see what happens just before we got there, and it could have been us, and yet God delayed us, or God changed our route, or something happened, and God has just protected and guided. Listen, God doesn't do that to us because we're special. He does that to us because we're his children. And if you're his child, he'll do the same thing for you. And I promise you, he does. And he already has. God is good. And David said, he is my rock. And he is my fortress. And he is my deliverer. David was with God. And God was with David in this area of protection in his life. But also in the area of guidance. Look at 2 Samuel 22, verse number 3. The Lord is my rock, in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. And my, and my Savior, thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. 
He said, I've seen what God can do. I know what he's doing, and I am going to continue to call upon the Lord. He is worthy to be praised. When I need guidance and I need direction, I'm not going to go to modern philosophy, and I'm not going to go to liberal theology, <coughs> and I'm not going to go to the world's ideas. I'm going to go to the Lord who is worthy to be praised. I'm going to call on him when I need direction and I need help. That was David's own testimony. And again, that same thing is true in our lives. If you're a born-again child of God, in John chapter 16, verse 13, it says, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Thank God we have the Holy Spirit of God to lead us and guide us in this life because the world we walk through today is a dark and dangerous place. It really is. And we have guidance from God. Now, let me just qualify and say that the Spirit of God will not lead you counter to what the Word of God says. Don't, don't get all spiritual and say, God told me to do this until you check it out with what the Word of God says. Too many people blame too many things on God. And they say, well, God led me and God told me and God said, all right, if it was that clear, then there ought to be something that lines up with it right here. And if there's nothing that lines up with it, and if it is counter to what the Word of God says, then God did not give it to you. God did not tell you that. God did not do it. And it doesn't matter how, how spiritual it appears and looks, it did not come from God. I was, I was watching TBN one night. I'm sorry. But it was late, and I couldn't sleep. And so I needed some entertainment. <laughs> and the best entertainment in the world is when TBN is having a, a telethon and they're trying to raise money. There is nothing more entertaining than that because they will do the weirdest stuff. I mean, who they are really just pops out all over the place. And the woman with the big purple hair was on there. And I always loved her. I mean, if you get away with purple hair, you're special, amen? And she had this big purple hair and all that. It was, it was, it was the, the only woman on religious television that made Tammy Faye Baker look conservative. And she's on there and she's crying. She did that a lot. She cried a lot. And I mean stuff running down her face. I was just ugly as it could be. And she was begging people to send in money because one gold-plated piano is not enough. You need two gold-plated pianos. And they've got to send in more money. And they need more money. And on and on. And, and then she started talking about the healing power of God. And I thought, oh, now it's going to get good. And she's going to tell about a healing. And she starts telling about the healing. When she's a little girl. Little girl. And she had a pet chicken. I'm not making this up. It's probably on YouTube somewhere. She had a pet chicken, and the chicken got out of the pen and ran out on the road and was struck down by a car in the street. Awful tragedy. And her, her grandfather was there, and she brought in that lifeless chicken body and laid it on his lap, and he laid hands on that dead chicken. And he prayed over that chicken and God raised that chicken from the dead. And she's crying and crying. I thought, wow, that's wonderful. 
Just imagine, you could go down to Kentucky Fried Chicken, stick your hand in the grease vat, and have the whole pen come to life just like that. Now, <laughs> I don't want to be ugly or anything, but that chicken didn't come to life. And if you have the, you have the gift of chicken raising, I, I mean, <laughs> it'd be almost cruel to go to Chick-fil-A after that, wouldn't it? I mean, if the gift you have is raising chicken from the dead, you... And she's blaming it all on God. God had nothing to do with that. If anything, Grandpa pulled a fast one. And he switched it for a live chicken while she was crying in the corner. You know, that's what grandpas do. They're supposed to do that. It's not God's fault. Be careful what you say is God. You can build it all up, make it all fancy and all emotional, but don't say it's from God unless it lines up with what this book says. And, and people are gullible. If you, if you make the story emotional enough, they'll buy into it and a certain percentage are gonna go with you. Listen, that's wicked and vile is what it is. It's, it's what charlatans do and it's criminal. God doesn't work that way. When God's spirit leads you in a direction, it will go the same direction as his revealed revelation in the word of God. It has to. God doesn't disagree with himself. And so it must line up with the word of God. In Romans 8, 14, it says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. As God's people, we are to be led by the Holy Spirit of God and make sure it lines up with the word of God. I saw another guy on TV late one night. He was selling little ketchup packets of water from the Jordan River. And he said, if you would squirt the packet of water wherever you had an acre pain and rub it in, the acre pain would be gone. Now there's a theological term for that. Baloney, that's what that is. I don't even believe it came out of the Jordan River because I saw him do it five, 10 years apart, still selling the same ketchup packets full of water. They'd probably come out of a sink in Cleveland or something like that. So why, why do people do that? Well, because people see it and they hear it and it sounds good and they believe it and they never stop and say, what does God have to say about that? Does that really line up with, the word of, with what the word of God says? And you, you see these things where, where they have them rolling on the ground and barking like dogs and, and all manner of stuff. Is Oh, look at, look at God is moving. That's not God. Oh, but they're laying on the ground, thrashing around. That must be the spirit of God. All you gotta do is go to the word of God and find me instances of people thrashing around on the ground. Find people uncontrollably shaking. And, uh, and, and you know what it is always, every time, without exception, always. Devils. God doesn't do that. That's devils and evil spirits. And yet people buy into it because they don't stop and say, does it line up with the word of God? You wanna be with God and have the Lord with you, be led by the spirit and the spirit will only lead you where the word of God leads you, always. Ephesians chapter four, verse 30, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, First Thessalonians 5, 19, quench not the spirit. Galatians 5, 25, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. We have divine guidance from God. And I would not minimize that at all. What I'm telling you is make sure it lines up with that. 
or it's not guidance from God. And it doesn't matter who said it or where they stood when they said it. And it doesn't matter if they were in a pulpit or if they were on a TV program or what it was. It must line up with the word of God. David said, he's my rock and my fortress. I will call upon the Lord. And look again what he said in verse 3. The God of my rock in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower, my refuge, my savior. Wow. David was with God and God was with him in the area of salvation. He said, I have a savior and it's God. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to follow him. Did you know that that's your only hope for eternal life. Oh, I know. Your, your salvation experience, it's not the same thing as David's salvation. David lived at a different time. And he, he followed God. He obeyed God. He trusted God. When Jesus came and died on the cross, the plan for your salvation was all laid out. And it wasn't keeping the law and doing the sacrifices. That's David's time. In our time, the Bible says one sacrifice was made forever. And it was Jesus Christ. And you don't have to go to a temple somewhere now and offer a bunch of stuff and burn some incense. You don't have to do that. All you have to do is accept that sacrifice that God made for you by sending his son to die on the cross for you. That's how you're with God in the area of salvation. Can I tell you, there are going to be an awful lot of good people nice people, friendly people who die and spend eternity in hell because they were not with God as far as salvation was concerned. They were with a church. They were with a religious system. They were with a, some kind of a, a lie, but they weren't with God because they missed Jesus Christ. And if you miss Jesus Christ, you miss the Lord's salvation. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. John 14 verse number 5, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. <coughs> you want the Lord to be with you? Then you have to be with him in the area of your salvation. And once you're with him in the area of your salvation, then you'll be with him in the area of your guidance and your protection. But if you miss the salvation part, you miss it all. You miss it all. You don't get the protection of God if you don't have the salvation that God offered. You don't get the guidance of God if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died on the cross for you. He is the only one that offers salvation and redemption through his blood. And if you truly want him to be with you, you must be with him in that area. And then in Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 5, he says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You see, a wonderful thing happens when you come to God and you admit that you are indeed a sinner and you can't save yourself. And you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. An amazing thing happens because God himself in the person of the Holy Spirit moves inside you and makes you his forever. 
It's a wonderful thing. The Bible says you are sealed until the day of redemption. That's an amazing thought, is it not? And then you could honestly say, if God is inside of me, living in me, and I am sealed by him until the day of redemption, then I am with him, and he is with me. And then if somebody were to say, the Lord is with him, they would be right, wouldn't they? The Lord is with him, because he said he would never leave, and he would never forsake us. What a wonderful God. So I just have one question for you this morning. Is the Lord with you? Are you with him? If not, you ought to get with him today and he'll get with you. I promise you, he's just waiting to get with you if you'll get with him today. Let's stand together and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that we could be here in this place today. Lord, thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for the testimony of David. When they looked at him and his life and they said, you know what? He spent some time with God. The Lord is with him. Oh, Lord, I I wish that would be our testimony in this wicked world that people could look at us and say they've spent some time with God. Lord, maybe there's somebody here today who's never trusted Christ as Savior. They're lost. They're on their way to hell. God, I pray that even today your Holy Spirit would, would grab a hold of their heart and not give them a moment's peace until they come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Lord, for each and every saved person, I pray today that you would give us the desire for that same kind of testimony that people could say, you know what? They've spent some time with God. The Lord is with them because they're with him. They're moving his direction. They're following his plan. They're saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. God, I pray that be the testimony of each one as we walk out this door. And we'll thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looking around. Let me just ask you a question before we go this morning. How many of you would say, I know for sure there was a day in my life that I realized I was lost, I was headed for hell, and I trusted Christ as my Savior, and I know I'm saved. I know my sins are forgiven. I know I'm going to heaven. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up, testimony? Just wave it at me, and you can put it down. Praise the Lord. That's wonderful. Maybe this morning, if you were going to be honest, you'd have to say, you know, I'm not sure about that. I don't know. I, I don't know if, if my sins are forgiven or not. I'm not sure what's going to happen when I die. Would you please pray for me? If that's you, would you just lift your hand up and wave it at me? I'm not going to embarrass you. I promise I won't. And I won't come get you. But I'll pray for you today. Is there someone like that? Just wave your hand at me so I can see you. I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if my sins are forgiven. I don't know if I'm going to heaven or not. Please pray for me. Heavenly Father, you've seen the hands raised here this morning. God, most of these folks have a testimony of salvation in Christ today. But again, Lord, if there's one that's not, I pray that they'd get that settled and get it settled soon. And we'll thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Preacher. For 404, 404, we'll sing, I am thine, O Lord. 404.
I am thine, O Lord, I have heard thy voice, and it's all thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith, and be closer drawn to thee. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope, and my will be lost in thine. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Oh, the pure delight of a single hour that before thy throne I important thing in your life is your fellowship with the Lord. And you know, now that I've been saved for a long time, the fact of the matter is I can see 50 years from where I'm standing as a believer. I can't think of a greater truth than that in relationship to what Brother Rogers just preached. When it's all said and done, all the twists and turns and the winding road of life and People come, people go, circumstances. We grow older in the seasons of life. Things happen, family, work, you name it. Stuff going on in our country when it's all said and done. What remains, what remains is your relationship with the Lord. Focus in on it, folks. Make sure you're with the Lord 
and he'll be with you. God bless you.